God. Man. Wow. Welcome to Walker Ministries. <laughs> we believe in the Jew and Gentile, one in Yeshua. We are a Bible-based teaching ministry. We want to learn. We want to rightly divide the word of truth. We want to go home and study the word to see if it's what? True. See, the validity of the word is true. Amen? Amen. All right. So right now, this is just wonderful. I'm really, I just love the youth. And um, I tell you, it's just so much. And Billy, that is going to be extraordinary. And Holy Spirit is so awesome because he knows the order of things and the way things should be. We, we start praying about other things, you know, but the youth is what he and yes. you know, he imparted in my spirit about what we need to do and for our our young girls here, we, we have to speak this over them, that they stay pure. That's right. That's right. Definitely. And we have to do this. We have to do it. It's, it's, I don't see how you can be a pastor and you don't pray over our youth and keep them. Amen? My God. Wonderful. See, when I look out, I just see such potential. I see uh, futures that are being, you know, really procured right now. Amen. And see, you may sit there and just see, you know, that's Christian, but I see him like God sees him. I see that he's yielding. I see he wants to do right. Amen. See, it's a different in a child who wants to do that's right. The right. <laughs> Might not be doing right, but he wants to do it. It's a difference. Amen. Glory he to is God. doing it. He is. <laughs> I watch him. He helps me out in certain things, and I just, I just think his heart is to, to do right. There's a difference when a heart is not to do right. I look at it. And it's a sad, that's a sad feeling when you see a child. Yes, because what they would love wrong. I, what, what happened? Yeah. Pride. Pride is yeah. a. You put yourself in a really bad position with pride. God says he put himself against you in battle array against those who are proud and you think that you're right and everybody else is wrong and not willing to change because your way or ways are right. Mm, mm, mm. He said, I set myself in battle array this is why we have to be careful in how we pray. Do I pray for this child for in this direction or another direction because they're walking in pride? Rebellious. Total disobedience. How do you pray? We have to start really being strategic in our prayer. And when we see something for what it is, that's exactly what it is. And we need to address it as so. Mm -hmm. But our teaching today is part two, identification with Christ, twofold oneness. Identification with Christ, our twofold oneness. And we talked about this uh, last Sunday, pretty much saying that the church has no clue, very sad, but they have no clue as to who they really are, being born again, their identity. They have a struggle with 
really grasping the truth or doctrine or dogma about who they are. They've completed and said and quoted the sinner's prayer. And they said they had believed on him, and that he died for their sins. And he rose the third day so that they may have eternal life. But what did they actually believe? We have people young and well up in their age still have no clue as to what they did when they said Romans 10-9. What they actually really believed in. Is this is the reason why the body of Christ looked the way that it actually looks? Is it no surprise that they can't seem to walk out this heavenly walk? Not earthly walk anymore because they've been born again. They've been born from above. Is there any surprise that the world seeing that when it comes to sin, it's, it's growing at a rapid rate? Is it because we're part of it? Think about our lives. Think about what direction we're actually going in because we fail to identify ourselves. So what is identification? How do we identify ourselves? How do you identify yourself? Yeah. That's not a rhetorical question. Before we actually get into the actual teaching, I want to find out how do you identify yourself? Anyone want to share with me how they identify themselves? Hmm. Don't everyone speak at once. <laughs> Please, don't bum rush it. How do you identify yourself? Christian, female? Mother. That's good. How do you identify yourself? How do you see yourself? Identify. Identify means how do you, how are you represented? Identity. A driver's license, it has things about you, right? It has your race. It has your, your height. It has different things. It has a number, a license number that identifies you being who you are. But who are you? Share with me. Your, how do you identify yourself? Fee just did by being a mother, being a Christian, a female. How do you identify yourself? Sorry? I would say um, mentally, achiever, mm -hmm. striver, mm -hmm. um, a go-getter. Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to the physical, I have to remind myself of how God sees me. Of how God actually sees you. And that's good because when we're talking about identifying ourselves, what happened is that you identify, the majority of us identify ourselves through objects. You identify yourself through family. That's good. You identify yourself with your house, your car, lack of a car, lack of a house, objects. And you develop thoughts. You actually develop thoughts and attitudes and behavior based on objects. 
and you end up drawing a mental image of who you are. You end up drawing your own identification card based on object, family, situations, good and circumstance. You then come up with your own identification. It has an image of you and on that image, there's a barcode. And that barcode, if you scan it, it's going to come up with your situation that has identified you, your family that has identified you, objects that has identified you, relationships that has identified you. Think about it. If you pull out your ID right now, because you, go, you use that for the bank, you use that to travel, and it says who you are. Someone else, before I really get into this, because I want you to see the reality of who you really see yourself and then how you should really see yourself. Other people's success identifies you. Other people, success identifies you. Can you imagine how many things is actually on that barcode with your image? You could actually go and scan it. And all the different, Carl has his ears, and it doesn't have a barcode on it? It has two types of barcodes on it. And it has every, basically it has all of your thoughts and attitudes that you have developed over your life about who you are. So really when you pull out your ID, you're not just saying, this is my address, because it has your address on it. Has your, it has a license ID. That's not just it. When you pull out your ID, you have a, a long list of your life experience that has identified you, people that has identified you with the words that they have said. And that's how you see yourself and that's how you live. Can you imagine that, how you've been living? You've been living Really, those who are born again, like false identity, because that's not your life. You need to turn that in. Just like DMV, when you get a new ID, you're supposed to turn in that old ID. <laughs> right? But you have two. Actually, when you move, when you move, you hear it from me. Yeah. You are keeping two IDs. The old person and now the new. And so you find it almost impossible to live both lives. No wonder life is so difficult. <laughs> Dave? I don't want to look messed up because that's the truth. Because I, I kept two IDs mm -hmm. in case I lost them. Yep. Oh, uh, well, that's real good. And that's what I'm saying. It's like when you said it, that's what registered me. Because in case I lost the new parent ID, I had the backup ID that I could always fall back on mm. and use that at any person in time until I found a new one again. 
Wow. And I would, that's how I would keep them both in my pocket because I didn't you never know. I might so lose one. So who are we talking to right now? Because what happens is that we default back to that old ID. Just in case. That's why you have to get rid of it. You have to get rid of it. Because what satisfies about that old life, we end up doing again. Then we try to live the new life, and it's not applicable. Because it's the old man, and it doesn't recognize you. The old man can't come in prayer. The old man can't worship. The old man can't praise. This is part of the new man, his life. Just wanted you guys to think about how you identify yourself. But according to Paul, I love Apostle Paul, he says, he always praying that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that you'll really know, really, the hope of your calling, who he has called you to be. He was forever praying that because he knew that we were always challenged with that. Who have we been called? Aren't you still now in this very moment somewhat challenged about who you've been called? Doesn't a circumstance or a situation always kind of, that is the challenge of who you are? according to how you respond to it. How we respond to, how does situation circumstances cause us to, even what is momentarily, forget who we are? Yep, it will do it. You will forget who you are. Just give me a moment, I'll be back. <laughs> be my old self. Situation and circumstances causes you to identify with the old man. The unregenerated man. That's his purpose because it's of this world. This is not of God. Your, your troubles, your, whether it's financial, whether it's personal, whether it's uh, in your marriage, with friends, family, all these things, job-related, he said, these are things and chance and happenstance. It happens. And this is why James says, count it all joy when you fall into this type of situation. What we're not doing is counting it all joy. Because you can't find any joy in it, right? It makes you nothing good about sickness. Nothing good about, I don't having any money in the bank. Nothing makes you want to rejoice. Or your past. Things are not going right. 
It makes you not want to rejoice. But rejoicing is not a natural thing. This is a spiritual. And it's rejoicing. You're going to revisit it. You should mm -hmm. be rejoicing over and over again. Yes. This is why it's so important to always hear the word of God. All the time. You can't afford not to. Even when you don't want to. Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you're tired. I'm sleepy. I, you know, I got a toothache. I can't make it. No, you Are you going to? When you don't receive and hear the word of God, you are every moment going back to the old man. This is why we have to be refreshed and renewed. Revitalize, and the word does that. But for some reason, you allow, we allow our flesh to trip us up every time. Talk to your flesh has a mind of its own. And appetite too. Yes. I'm tired. Then you end up saying, yeah, yeah, we're, we're tired. Let's lay down. I don't feel like going today. <laughs> that called in sick. It's all these things that happens to us when we give in to our situation and circumstances. And it causes you to forget who you really are. So, Christ did the, the ultimate, and he became the ultimate sacrifice. He became sin. The word of God said he was made sin. Christ was made sin. I'm still trying to grasp the concept of the unveiling that he was made sin. And the reason why is because you won't and I won't know how to live this life being dead to sin if I don't understand the revelation that he's been made sin. And I'm going to share with you today what sin really is beyond what you think it is. Because when Christ was made sin, he allowed sin to take possession of his spirit. It was a total destruction of who he was. Body, soul, and spirit. Christ. His body was destroyed. His spirit became sin. He had a new birth. Body, soul, and spirit was destroyed. Jesus. So that you could be freed from sin. So what's the twofold oneness? His oneness with our sin on the cross. These are key things you really need to highlight. The twofold oneness of our identity with Christ is his oneness with our sin on the cross. With our sin. Because he was without sin. Second one is our oneness with him and his glory on the throne. 
and his glory on the throne was that he was seated on the right-hand side of the Father. Not only that, but he was seated on the right-hand side of authority and power. Authority and power. And this is what you have oneness with. You have oneness with power and authority. Mm -hmm. Ultimate power and authority. The source of authority and power. You have oneness with that. So why do we feel powerless at times? With circumstances. Mm -hmm. Sickness. Right. Uh, any discomfort. Right. Mm. You haven't been trained for that. Haven't been trained. And that's so good because when you become born again, you become a disciple. What is a disciple? What's that? A discipline. A, a discipline. Follower of Christ. Wow, you've been disciplined. You've been trained. You've been given instructions on how to follow Christ. You do. That's the problem. We have not been properly discipled. Mm. We have not been properly instructed how to follow Christ. We've been finding ourselves following people and things and concepts and our flesh. You can stay right there on that things because that's mm -hmm. what they believe the gospel is, is things. Look at my house. Look at my car. Look right. at this. Look, that's not the gospel. No, it's not. It's far from the gospel. And then they try to make you because you don't haven't acquired those things that you have no faith. You're supposed to have wow. faith in God, yes. not in cars and houses. So why do we get so saddened when we don't have things? Don't have things. Not oneness. It identifies us. Mm -hmm. That's our identity. Our house, our car, things. What about your healing? Your salvation? Your rejoicing? I mean, what are the fruits of the Spirit? I mean, those, aren't those things, are, I think they're better. <laughs> But I'm just saying, we, we focus on the material. And, and they the are eternal. They're and right, and not the spiritual. Identification. Mm -hmm. oh. I'm going to briefly go over this uh, with you because we did discuss this last Sunday. Yes? I have a question. Mm -hmm. How do you, for lack of better words, balance the, well, I do have a right to these things. You so do. I'm not completely happy because I don't have these things, but at the same time, don't allow it to identify you. Is that possible? Or is there a way to keep her balanced? Yeah, guys, definitely possible. And he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. He said, I know you have need of these things, but what we don't seem to understand is that my pursuit should be after my relationship. Amen. Him. That should be my pursuit, the kingdom. He is his kingdom. And then he knows, he, he, he said, I'll answer before you even ask. Mm -hmm. But we won't, they're not teaching you to seek him. They're teaching you to seek him for what he can do instead of for who he is. Amen. As simple as that sounds, that's not what's happening. We're not seeking. In the normal churches, they're not seeking him for 
just the relationship or the love of the Torah, the love of the word, or the love of righteousness. It's the love of money. It's the love of things, what God can do. That's what they're teaching. Okay, Bethan? Yeah, I was going to say, um, and then Right. Like we have a home, we need mm. a bigger home. Right, like right. Yeah. It's hard to get some places, but I want you know, I'm gonna save you. Yes. Yeah. Drive down the street. So he does provide. He does. Mm-hmm. We just not happy with him right. because mm-hmm. they're not, you know, what society says. Oh, it's the must have. Right. But in this, in this almost male, it's just like this. He says, mm-hmm. he said, take the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And while and you're pursuing the kingdom, he says. While you're pursuing them, these things will be added to you. As you're pursuing the kingdom. Okay, we got a ministry. Well, the ministry needs this. It needs that. But I'm pursuing the kingdom. These things will be added. Well, you got a job. You need a, you need a car. Well, right. can pursue the kingdom. Do your tithe. Do your offering. Mm-hmm. Perceive the kingdom. That's the kingdom. And these things will be added. The opportunity will come. Uh-huh. He'll bring the person or the thing that you need without seeking it. Seek him. It's a difference. It's, it's so awesome because I just think about my own self and at one point in my life to where I was just dating God. Go ahead. And this, you know, when you're dating someone, there is no commitment. Commitment. You may try to set something or expect commitment, but there's no required commitment in dating. There's nothing binding you to that person. Nothing, nothing binding nothing. you whatsoever. And until you decide that you want to marry God, there you go. your life is not going to change. Because you don't get or receive any benefit until you're in covenant with him. Yeah. Not when I want to just come and, and we just hang out for a while and see how it's going to, I want to check him out and see how it's going to work. <laughs> it doesn't, the, the covenant with God does not work like that. Mm-mm. And I can just attest to you that for my own life, the day that I decided that I was going to marry Christ and not for what he was ever going to do for me, I simply just want to marry him because he loved me so much. Mm-hmm. And he was, he could give me, and when I said give me more than anyone else could ever give me, and that was eternal life. Amen. There was no other things that I was seeking. I always wanted to always have peace in a sound mind. They were my greatest and still are my greatest treasure. Yeah. It's peace and a sound mind. Mm. Um, and the underlying of that is my health. Yeah. Other than that, there's no value that I put on anything else in this world except peace, health, and a sound mind. Anything else that comes a- after that is truly secondary and it's not primary in my life. Um, identification. Let's talk about just some brief definition. Highlight this. It's the act of finding out who someone is. Identification. The act of finding out who someone is. The biblical meaning of it is the extension of another as the perception of oneself. The biblical meaning of identification is 
the extension of another mm. as the perception of oneself. You That's perceive important. yourself as Christ. Mm. That's the biblical meaning of identification. Wow, identified with Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm. Hadn't really been taught on that. Mm -hmm. Now just think about what you just said. You identify yourself with mm -hmm. Christ. Once you know who he is. Right, that's my perception. Yeah. My perception is no longer I identify myself with things and right. my family and my circumstance and situation. That's why I told, I think, someone, um, I think it was Fred Lee was talking to, uh, is that I lived in Park Place and then realized I was there because I didn't identify myself with where I was at. I was, I'm telling you, I was really naive. I mean, I'm trying, <laughs> how did I not know? I Park didn't place. know. I didn't, <laughs> it was because of when you know who you are. <laughs> 27th Street, go ahead. <laughs> I, when you know who you are, I mean, with Christ, I couldn't identify myself with my surroundings. And that's how that story, I think, the preacher was telling the other day with that young uh, lady who was living in the dumpster, she was, and she did not identify herself with the dumpster. A young girl. She was that was her home. In the high school, and all her high school years was she lived in the dumpster, and then graduated top ten of a class. Man, what is our problem? Nah. I mean, who is living in the dumpster nah. by raise of hand? Anybody? <laughs> and this is real. She would leave, you know, real early to make sure she would. She wouldn't want to see her, so she could hurt him. Get in the dumpster. Wow. Okay. We have no excuse. You have no circumstance that can compare to that. I thought I had somebody. No, she she totally had me beat. Wouldn't want to have did that, but uh, she pulled out and came out an extraordinary, extraordinary person. I don't care if it was for a day. Oh no, just for just you know me, just, just for thirty seconds to go in there and try to find <laughs> something I lost. That ain't a thrift store. Throw a stick or something, try to will it and bring it out. <laughs> just being real, y'all. Just being real. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, Rocky, can you go in there and get it from me? <laughs> anyway, Rocky's like, no, I do, I do some things for you, Auntie, but not that. Um, so, uh, key facts to our identity, and we talked about these, just to quickly go through that for some that who weren't, weren't here. As one, when death slew him, it slewed itself. Mm -hmm. These are key facts to our identity. He conquered sin when he allowed it to overcome him. He conquered Satan when he let Satan gain the master over him. He conquered disease when he let disease take possession of him. He became one with Satan in spiritual death to make us one with God in spiritual life. These are key facts to our identity. Basically, again, when you think that you're losing, you are winning. Mm. Mm. Not because of you, but because of the work that has been done on your behalf. Mm -hmm. yeah, this is what blows my mind. <laughs> I can just see it. What you're saying, I yes, can see it. Yes, yes. I mean, I can see my identity. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
think about your life and how you see it. How you, you see it. But with your new identification, mm. there's no way that you can see it that way. You have to see yourself not where you're at, but where God has called you to be. Amen. Darius? Right. Because in your eyes, you are winning. In your eyes, your natural eyes, you are so successful. You're great at what you're doing. And you're getting all these accolades from your colleagues. And you're just a great person. But because you don't have God, you definitely have lost. So his love is so tremendous Mm -hmm. that he will, in our natural eye, we see a mistake or a relationship mm-hmm. that I had, or a child come out of it, mm-hmm. that it was just the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. But God, when he sees that, he sees that it's his, it's his will, his purpose, mm-hmm. that that child is born, and that it has a purpose now that right. God himself is going to place in there. Amen. And we see it as a mistake or whatever, mm-hmm. but his, his love but that he has for us yes. is so... How much, how much love <laughs> can you have that your mistakes will cause you even to prosper, to, to go forward? See, we don't understand the love of God that we think it pulls us back or keeps us down, but he's, his love and mm-hmm. our mistakes just yes. pulls us up closer yes. to him. Amen. So it should draw us closer yes. to him because of our mistakes, Amen. because we have identified mm-hmm. ourselves mm-hmm. with him and know who he is and who is in us. So there's no way that I can mm-hmm. have the, that heaviness or that yes. depression or anything Amen. because yeah. you have not identified yourself mm-hmm. with him. If you're suffering... And you are being afflicted and you're in pain and anguish because of the gospel's sake at this time. You have no clue of how you're reigning. A lot of times we feel that um, we look at people's lives and with your natural eyes and you see that, oh, this child, I I was looking at this, uh, I think it was maybe a three-year-old, it was an amputee. It was probably maybe two because the baby like was just learning to walk. And he had this, you know, um, assistant walker thing and with the, uh, you know, the you know, false leg that he was learning to walk and, and the mom was behind him and, and she said, you got it, you got it. He said, yeah, I got it, I got it. And then, but he was dragging his little leg and he had that walker and, and then he was leaning and almost fell, and, and she said, you got it. He said, I got it, I got it. And he didn't want her to, at one point, to even assist him. And you, I could just see where we look at situations like that, or we think that someone's not whole because they don't have all their body parts, or, or because they may, what we see a person being afflicted with, with some type of disease is that, oh, my God, we... We're feeling sorry for them. We just don't know how circumstance and situations are really elevating the person. Mm-hmm. We can't see mm-hmm. any victory and suffering. Mm-mm. We su- we see no victory and pain. Uh-huh. We see no victory in 
pain. This is why you can't see the Father. Mm. Because you can't see victory in pain. You can't see victory in death. Mm. This is why we are so distraught when someone dies or someone is sick. We see no victory and anguish and pain. We see none. It's total defeat. We, we see no joy in death. But the word of God says, he said, I take joy in the depths of my thing. I take pleasure, is exactly what he said, in the depth of my thing. I take pleasure in death of my thing. And Paul said he wanted to know him in his suffering. Yes. And he said, I want to know him in his suffering without. And God, God said it was good that he was afflicted. It was good. Mm-hmm. Now, now, when you love your child, you see them hurt. That's not good. You, mm-hmm. in, our, in our sight, that's not good. But God said he, took, he, he, he really took pleasure in that. He, mm-hmm. It was good that he was. And like I said, we just can't see. On, without his suffering, we wouldn't have the victory. Amen. Without suffering, we wouldn't have the, you know, the, the, the prophet and, and the Antichrist and hell itself wouldn't be consumed into the lake of fire without that suffering. Without the suffering. You take no, you see no glory. Mm-mm. You see no glory and pain. You see no glory in any of your suffering because you can't see him. Mm. If you had the revelation of his suffering, oh my God. this is why the father said he took pleasure in his son being smitten and crucified. He took pleasure because of the glory mm. that would be revealed out of that pain and suffering and his crucifixion. Out of that was glory. Your salvation. You can't see it in your life. This is why you can't get out the pain. So anytime that you're going through something as a believer, you should find glory <laughs> that you have been counted to be crucified with the Father. Mm. You should find glory and joy to be counted worthy to suffer with him so you can reign with them. But you want to reign, but you don't want to suffer. That's it. Oh, oh. <laughs> you don't want to go through any struggle, any type of a heartache. The things that you go through in this world cannot be compared to what he went through on your behalf. Mm. Who's? On your behalf, in your stead, in your place. And which you deserved it because you were guilty. Mm. Because he was made. He never sinned. He was never sinned. Sin. Without sin. He became sin. And when it says he became sin. I'm going to get to that. I need to get to with. These are key words. With. You identify with Christ. With means calls to be with mm. calls to be your calls to be him mm. with identify with Christ your calls to be like him 
with. You're called to be like him. Have you ever heard people, you hang around a lot, you end up looking like them, talking like them, acting like them. You're with that person. That call, it calls you to be like that person. Uh-huh. Identify, because you're identified with That's that person. Right. Y'all start to say know. and do the things. You got your own little talk. Have your own little language. Mm-hmm. Decide you don't get your hair cut like the person. You don't start wearing the same clothes as the person. It's different things that you start doing, sounding like each other. Then, then at some point, you start looking like that person. Friends. <laughs> you may not see it, but other people see it. Like, y'all look so Y'all seen old married couples sister. been together? Y'all seen old married couples been together a long time? They look like sister and brother? How did it happen? That is creepy. With. You gonna look like y'all see it? No. No. So these are some key words. With means to cause to be. Substitutionary. Equivalent to take the place. We're going from with to substitutionary. To take the place. Equivalent. Equal to. Sacrifice. Surrender. It means a lot, but I'm pulling out words that I, I think Holy Spirit wants to share with you and a little later just give you a revelation on. Sacrifice, surrender. It also means destruction, too. Sacrifices uh, at some point to even destroy something of great value. Mm-hmm. In the place of something else that should have been destroyed. Your flesh. Sacrifice also means a form of worship. Mm. Matter of fact, Jesus Christ was the ultimate form of worship. When he laid himself on the altar, which was the cross, mm-hmm. he decided to destroy himself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Amen. Kill, destroy. Mm. He decided. Normally when you have a sacrifice, you have a Sacrifice, and you're not the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. You <laughs> have one. Sacrifice. Right. You have you something, something to That's sacrifice. Right. It's That's normally right. not yourself. Something to give up. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is why he was the ultimate sacrifice because he offered himself Self. up to die mm. on the cross. And this also means to. Have an intimate relationship with someone. Sacrifice. He did this so that he could have an intimate relationship with you. Hmm. To become closely involved with. Sacrifice. Think about it. So when he decided to lay himself on the cross... This is why you have to have the revelation of what happened 
from the cross to the throne is that the cross was an altar in which he laid himself willingly. He surrendered and willingly laid himself on the altar to be destroyed for you. Redemption. Regain possession. And in this case, regain possession of you from your captivity and pay a stipulated price for you, which was himself. Crucified. Points the way to death. But it's also putting the old self to death. Crucified. And this is done by submitting all your decisions and desires to the Lord. And this is what he did for the Heavenly Father. Our foundation scripture here is 1 Peter 2.24. It's amplified. I'll read that. That's 1 Peter 2.24. He personally bore our sins in his own body on the tree as on an altar and offered himself the true sacrifice on it that we might die, cease to exist to sin, and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. Mm. These are scriptures that we've heard, are familiar with, but we have no revelation of it. This is why we don't understand how he was made sin. Pastor Edson? Well, you were just talking about the healing part, and you said we have no revelation of that, right? Mm -hmm. um, I think when you do find that, uh, you, you, to have that one, you have to experience it. You have to experience him in his healing. You have to identify mm -hmm. that healing, like what mm -hmm. you did with you and your body at mm -hmm. certain points. Um, when you had that, um, remember you had that, you had, had that operation, mm -hmm. and you saw it, you identified yourself, you know, you lined up mm -hmm. with the word, mm -hmm. with his strength to heal, and I want to give just, just a brief, real quick, mm -hmm. um, um, mom, Darius' mom, she didn't want to say this, but I'm, she said I could do it for her, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I'm going to do it for her, I have to do it, Amen. because she, she knows God in a different way right now mm -hmm. than some of us haven't. And she said, I could give it for her, so I feel honored to do it for her. I'm just going to briefly give you. I guess she, she was going through some things last a couple of weeks ago. We hadn't seen her. Mm -hmm. Some tests and mm -hmm. things in her body. And um, um, I guess they were trying to put fear in her and everything. So um, I guess um, she was laying in the bed one day, right? And I guess one night, right? Mm -hmm. And she said she was looking up at the ceiling. Mm -hmm. And... Um, she happened to see, you know, she see a ceiling fan all the time. Right. But this instance, she looked up, and the ceiling fan was, and she looked, she said it was perfect in the cross. <laughs> so she was looking at the cross. Right. But that's where her healing mm. took place, mm -hmm. is in the cross. So everything that the doctors tried to show her and this and that, the other, everything came back negative, correct? Amen. Everything came back negative. Amen. Everything, everything. Glory to God. But she was looking. Glory to God. See, we, we don't, we, we. God speaks in many ways. 
Yet man don't perceive. He was letting her know that's where it's happening. That's where your healing took place on that cross. When she identified, she didn't see up there and say, I saw a pentagram. She said, I saw the cross. <laughs> I'm trying to get you to understand what she said she saw. She saw the cross. That's where it took place at. So for her, she identified at that moment, that's where her healing took place. Amen. And then when she went back to the doctor, there's all negative. Amen. Everything, Glory right? to God. Amen. Oh, Go ahead, Mom. Oh, she says that's the fact. All the fear. There it is. Amen. Look at that. And you know what, Mom? The, the word gives life. Mm. See, because our flesh has a mind, and, and the, the mind of your flesh, it, it, it speaks death. I mean, your flesh is just set against you. Yeah. It's that war, the Bible says. It's, it's that war. It's, it's set against you. Who it you has really nothing are. good to, your own flesh has nothing good to say to you, ever. Ever. Right. <laughs> no good thing dwells in it. <laughs> no good you thing. You can't find one good thing in your flesh. But it's at war against who? You, which is the image, which is the spirit of God. Yes. That's what is in uh, disarray. That's what is in um battle array against is your spirit who you really are amen amen so God, praise God to hear amen and the word of God says this he said then we have to remind ourselves this is why he says to meditate on the word day and night because you're gonna need that life and that's the word of God and it's gonna speak the word of God lifts up a standard so what happened was that you use the word of God that you heard mm. faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God so you put that in action and so when you said it, it lifted up a standard against what your flesh was saying to you. Amen. Amen. I love it. And her hope was in the finished works that mm -hmm. was done on that cross. On the and cross. that's why she saw it. I got to see this, man. This is why he says, look to the hills from which cometh your help. And we sing it in a song, but have no clue. Mm -hmm. But a place that's higher than you, and he is, look to him. Anyway, uh, he personally bore our sins and the word bore or bear means to dig in and take out mm. almost like carving a hole into bore our sins that's really good and this is what happened to him when when he was being whipped it was taking out you know mm. parts of his skin and you you couldn't recognize this is, he bore our sins Offered himself. Did you, you had something? Okay. He offered himself the true sacrifice that we might die. And get it, that we might die and cease to exist to sin. That's good. And live righteousness. We're going to talk about righteousness. And we're really going to talk about by his wounds you have been healed. Yeah. I always ask Holy Spirit questions. I said, heal by what? Heal from what? Okay? That was my question. Whose own self bore our sins. And what type of sins? See, 
And I figure sin is sin. But this is all types of sin. All that is in sin, all that belongs to sin, all that arise from sin, and is demerit from sin, both filth, guilt, and punishment. And all which brings him, which is God, mm -hmm. make him nauseated just to think about sin. Mm -hmm. All that is in sin, belongs to sin, arises from sin, and demerit from it. All both filth, guilt, and punishment. This is what he bore and became. That we being dead to sin. So I'm just breaking this down for you. And for us, being dead to sin means that it never exists. Sin now should be like to you that it never exists. And not only that it never exists, but it has no power because it doesn't exist in your life. Amen. That's you should be discharged from sin. And you sh can never be hurt by sin because it has been destroyed. Because he was made sin. Give you a revelation that he was made sin. He laid you on him. When sin was laid on him, you and I were laid on him. This is how you're one with when he was made sin. And then sin was destroyed. This is your, your body was destroyed. Your body, I see it. your spirit, the old spirit was destroyed when he was made sin. You were laid on him. The entirety of who you are was laid on him. Can you imagine? Just taking a person and laying them on that person. They've been one. So him being a substitution for you in your place, this is how you're one with him when he was made sin, and then he became sin, and then sin was destroyed. Sin was destroyed in the body of, of Christ mm. and also in his spirit and his soul. Mm, mm, mm. This is why sin no longer should have dominion over you. Because you were laid on him on the altar of the cross. You were laid before the foundation of the earth on him. You were. Your body, your soul, your spirit was laid on the cross with him. And in him, it was destroyed. So when his body was destroyed, this is why you don't have a second death. This is why you don't have a second death, because he took the second death. Mm. This is why he says, death, where is your sting? It has no power now. Because when he allowed and permitted death to slew him, it destroyed itself. Death destroyed itself, which didn't now allow you to have to taste death the second time. The second time. 
because you now have eternal life. This is the revelation that you've been crucified with him. Because he laid, when he laid sin on him, he laid you on him. And the old you was destroyed with sin that he became. I get it. And he did all this before. See, be like, how did it happen? I was born in 19, well, whatever. But he did this before the foundation of the world. Yes. Even though we saw him 2,000 years ago get slain in yes. the natural, but his work was done before the foundations of the world were ever laid. He was slain. I, that's how he says, I knew you before you entered your mother's womb. I'm going to just go ahead and give go you ahead. right now what I got this thing. sin is. This is why we don't quite understand Isaiah when he says, by his stripes, you're, you're healed. And I asked him, what are we healed from? Because people still get sick. What, what were we healed from? You were healed from death. You are healed from sin, the law of sin and death. You are healed from the law of sin and death. That's what you are healed from. That's why you experience sickness in your body still, because what you are healed from is sin. And that was through the remission of sin that's your healing. Your healing is a remission of sin. Your healing is the remission of sin because death is sin. Sting of death, which is sin, is taken away. And the strength of sin, which is the law, is dead now. In short, the death of Christ, they are so dead to sin that it's not only finished work, but it's made an end of it and put it away. The body of it was destroyed and that you should no longer serve it. The body of sin has been destroyed and you should no longer serve it. So you are healed. You are healed. Healed, but we don't have the understanding the revelation of what you've been healed from. What have I been healed from? Sin, the law of sin and death. Yeah. You've been healed from sin. You have been healed from sin, which is death, because now you have eternal life. Sin is of the nature, it's hereditary. Sin is hereditary. <laughs> it's in your DNA. It's hereditary, y'all. I can't even take it no more. Can I have to take it? Dave? Question. Is that when Jesus said when Jesus used to heal certain people, mm -hmm. instead of saying be healed, he would say your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. So is that why he would do that? Because there, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Remission of sin. You've been healed. God, wow. Now go sin no more. Oh, wow. <laughs> 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 
Y'all gonna have to play this back. Yeah. Y'all gonna have to Go. get this. Play this See back. See what sin does? Sin, sin brings about disease. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you've been healed from sin. Wow. <laughs> and disease. Oh, oh. Go ahead. It's death in the Greek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah. Get that puppet from Deuteronomy 28. Mm-hmm. When he was um, standing on the Gideon. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. The father was commanded from the pain and that for the disease not come. Right. Yeah. Yep. It's terrible. It is. And if you can find it in the new, it's in the old. And if you can find it in the old, Ooh. it's in the new. And listen, the same thing yeah. in, in Kings when Elijah went to uh, the, the widow, right? And when her son died, what did Elijah do? He laid on him. It's type and shadow. Mm-hmm. He laid on that son. See, that's a type and shadow. And he will and he went. He arose. Good God. It if it's in the new, you're gonna find it in the old. If it's in the old, you're gonna find it in the new. It's not contrary to each other. Well, I could probably hold you guys probably another maybe two days. Fifteen uh-huh. minutes. Because I, I do like to end on time, another 15 minutes. Uh, because we have, I need to get through uh, another scripture. Uh-huh, go ahead, Jake. Oh, you're good. No, you're good. No, you good. Hey, so, <laughs> since we're... <laughs> you good. Focus. Since we've, been from, since we've been healed from sin and death, we've been taught in church by insight to heal, and we've been taught to pray for the sickness. So really what we've been praying for is not the real root of the problem, We've just been praying for a symptom of the root of the problem. Amen. Which is why we've always struggled with that. That is the root of the problem. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And it's really good. The root is sin. And it's really good what Derek said because it goes back to being obedient. Mm-hmm. From what we learned about in Deuteronomy. Yeah. This is what he was telling them. Yeah. And then we know sickness is a curse, right? Yeah. Death is a curse. But he was telling you these curses will come upon you. See, it's, it's the same type of shadow. Okay. I, I'm just going to say, you said a little while ago that sin has possession. Yes, you don't want to hear that. <laughs> um, I, I can go back. I think that's when she first had her hand up when you asked the question. Uh, we can go back and get it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, hold that question for Yeah, we can go okay. back. Um, this is something I want you to keep in mind. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made us free from the law of sin and death. This is a revelation of what you are really healed from. And you were healed from it because now you're no longer under the law of sin and death, but you're under the law of the spirit of life. Death first you were under, now the spirit of life. Romans 8, 9. Should live unto righteousness. His blood was laid and is under obligation still to this day to impute into every believer your righteousness. The blood of Christ has the obligation, and that'd be another teaching about the power of the blood, has an obligation to impute into you righteousness. And you have an obligation to him to live an obedient life as he did unto the cross. 
by whose stripe you were healed. And then we talked about that. We're healed of what? So I'm going to go past that. I want us to... Um, I want us to now read Isaiah 53, 3 through 11. That is our supporting scripture. It says, um, People despised and avoided him, a man of pains, well acquainted with illness. Again, illness, talking about well acquainted with sin. Like someone from whom people turned their faces, he was despised. We did not value him. In fact, it was our diseases he bore. Again, diseases, our sins he bore. Our pains from which he suffered. Yet we regarded him as punished, stricken, and afflicted by God. But he was wounded because of our crimes. Mm. He was crushed because of our sins. The discipling that makes us whole fell on him. And by his bruises, we are healed. Mm. By what happened to him on the cross, we are healed. Our sins were remitted. Mm. Our sins were far removed from us. Mm. Death was far removed from us. We all like sheep went astray. We turned each one to his own way. Yet Adonai laid on him the guilt of all of us. Though mistreated, he was submissive. He did not open his mouth like a lamb led to be slaughtered, like a sheep silent before its shears. He did not open his mouth. After forcible arrest and sentencing, he was taken away, and none of his generation protested his being cut off from the land of the living for the crimes of many people who deserved the punishment themselves. He was given a grave among the wicked. In his death, he was with a rich man. Although he had done no violence and had said nothing deceptive, yet it pleased Adonai to crush him with illness. To see if he would present himself as a guilt offering, uh -uh. yet he was not guilty. He d he, if he does, he will see his offspring and he will prolong his days and at his hand, Adonai's desire will be accomplished. After this ordeal, he will see satisfaction. By his knowing pain and sacrifice, my righteousness servant makes many righteous. It is for their sins that he suffered. Through him being made righteous, he made many righteous. Mm -hmm. He was willing to be cast out the presence of the Father so you could stand before him. It breaks my heart just to read it. So now let's just briefly discuss the greatest revelation to the new creation identified with Christ. And it's about seven of these um, key factors that really tie into the connection of our new creation and how we identify with Christ. The first is that died, crucified with Christ. We died or we were crucified with him, Galatians 6, 14, and which just demonstrates our union with his suffering. And it reads, or just, uh, excuse me, I think this is Galatians 6, 4. 
But as for me, heaven forbid that I should boast about anything except the crucifixion stake of our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, as far as I'm concerned, the world has been put to death on the stake. And through him, as far as the world is concerned, I have been put to death on the stake. But he's saying, the only thing that I will boast in is Jesus Christ being crucified. Mm. The mm. only thing I will boast in. He says, as far as I'm concerned, I have no knowledge of this world. And this world has no knowledge of who I am. I'm not familiar with this world, sure and neither is this world familiar with me. Mm -hmm. The second connection to our revelation of our new creation is that we are buried with him, Acts 2.27. And in this, he actually addressed the Father, and he says, Because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, Neither would thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. He's basically saying here, who he believed would not leave his soul, the Father, as separate from his body in Hades, in the invisible world of souls, in the place where the souls of the departed saints are, but you will quickly join my body and my soul together. He said, I trust you, Father, that you will not leave my body and soul separate. I'm in the place, I'm in Hades, a place where souls are there. These, these saints who are departed are here. He said, but I trust that you will reunite my soul with my body. And three, and I must probably stop here, suffered with him. Uh, we're going to go to Psalms 88. And a lot of times what we, what we read, we think that, oh, this is just David talking here. But a lot of things are prophesied through the book yep. of Psalms. Mm -hmm. I have to almost read the entirety here so you understand really that Jesus is talking here in some of these verses where he's, where he's saying that I'm in the grave. He's speaking from the grave. He's speaking from the grave. And while he's speaking from the grave, he's actually, I want to highlight a couple of things uh, that's going on in the grave. There are four divine attributes seen in hell. First, you see his power being displayed. Then you see his love. You will see his faithfulness, mm -hmm. and you will see his righteousness. And these are divine attributes that you will see that's going on in hell. And uh, I want you just to really uh, highlight verse 10 and 11. But I, I really have to read the entirety uh, to you here. 88. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thy ear unto my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draweth nigh unto the grave. I am counted with them that go down to the pit. I am as a man that have no strength. This is what's going on in the grave. We had no clue what was going on 
with Jesus in the grave. He said, free among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, whom thou rememberest no more, and they are cut off from thy hand. Thou hast laid me in the lowest pit, and darkness in the deeps. Mm -hmm. Thou wrath led hard upon me, and, they, and thou hast afflicted me with all thy waves, Selah. Thou hast put away my acquaintance far from me, and thou hast made me an abomination to them. Mm -hmm. I am shut up and I cannot come forth. Mm -hmm. This is Jesus saying, I can't come forth. You have shut me up in this place in Hades. My eyes mourn by reason of affliction. I've called daily upon thee. I've stretched out my hands until thee as he was stretched out on the cross. Would thou show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Mm. He's talking about himself. He's talking about being resurrected. Will thou show wonders to the dead? Mm. Will you right. show your wonder mm -hmm. in hell? And shall I arise and then praise you? Shall thy loving kindness be declared in this grave? Will you show your love to me in, in Hades, in hell, or thy faithfulness in destruction? You be that faithful God, even while I'm in hell. Shall thou wonders be known in the dark, and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? People are soon forgotten when they die. He said, he's, he's saying here, will you show your wonder and your righteousness in the place that people are forgotten? In the grave. But until thee I've cried, he says, Lord, thou cast thou off my soul. Why hidest thou face from me? I'm afflicted and ready to die. From my youth up, while I suffer by terrors, I am distracted. Thy fierce wrath goeth over me. Thy terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. Lover and friend, hast thou put far from me and my acquaintance into darkness? He's saying here that what's going on and how he's feeling the conversation that he's having with the Father in hell. Will you show your wonder and your love and your righteousness and your faithfulness to me in a place that's known for people to be forgotten? And it's so, you think about it, those who have died, and as much as you love them, doesn't it just feel yet a part of them fade away? So you try to do things to remember them. You try to keep a picture of them. You try to have thoughts about them. To keep them in your heart. He said, I'm in a place where people are forgotten. Will you show your wonder and cause me to arise and, and praise you? Darius. 
This is the, this is the, we're on the suffering part now, because he's already buried now. This is where he is now suffering. He's in. So he's he is in, buried. He's buried now. Yes. And so he's in a place now he's suffering. Right. He said, you cut me off from you. Yep. He said, now will you show me your wonder and your love in a place that where love is not shown a place that love can't go. As much as you love your loved one that has passed, your love can't go beyond the grave. Your love cannot go beyond the grave. And for those who are in the grave, cannot go hmm. to where we're at, or come to where we're at. Yep, you can't. This is why he cried from that place. So to know him in his suffering isn't known in his burial. Know him in his burial, know mm -hmm. his suffering, suffering, and we have to know him also mm -hmm. being alive with him. Yeah. So that's the full revelation of his death, burial, and resurrection. resurrection you have to yeah. know all of that. And okay. it, nothing else will stick Good. with you. No other part of the word, and you probably can attest to it today, that all what you've been hearing, as long as you've been going to church, it's still not a reality to you of your identity, mm. that you identify with Christ, that you have been identified with his birth, yep. death, and resurrection, and his ascension. We can't identify with that, because if we did, we wouldn't live the way that we're living. You have to wait for a certain song to be played to rejoice. People will have to literally sit you down. It's time to move on. Please <laughs> sit down. <laughs> but because you are still caught up in your identity of what you have identified yourself with, and it's with things and people and your experience and your circumstance, this is why you cannot be identified with Christ. It means nothing to you that he suffered in hell. A place that you should have been and I should have been. Mm -hmm. Rightfully. Because we were guilty. But instead, he took it upon himself for you. And with his stripes, you've been made and were, and right now, healed. You are healed from the remission of your sins. This is why you shouldn't be serving sin because you're dead to sin. Like, well, how do I live this life? How do I not sin? How do you sin is the question. Because you're dead to sin now. I really pray that today have been uh, a deeper revelation. First of all, I know for me it has been when it comes to by his stripes, you were healed. You were healed from what? Man. Sin. Sickness. All of that crap. Disease. Because that's what it is. That's right. Sin is death. What is disease? We're praying the wrong 
things. We're believing the wrong things. Any questions? Yeah, I know it just messes your mind, right? It messes up with all your, all your doctrine, everything you've been taught. Your identity in Christ. When you start identifying yourself with Christ, what you're going through, what you're experiencing, and what you think is important is not important at all. You're going to be like Paul. Whether I live or die, it is gain. It's gain. It's gain. That's why when I was, you know, everyone goes through something in their life, but I always say, Lord, if I'm going through this, this has to be for a purpose. It doesn't have to necessarily be revealed to me now, but I know it will be revealed because the life that I live is not my life. So I don't question as to why I'm going through what I'm going through because my life is not my own. It's his life. It has to be a purpose. And it's a greater purpose than what you think. This is why you should be able to really deal with what you're dealing with with joy. Because your life is hidden with Christ. It's been destroyed. But you around the rubbish of your destroyed life trying to put it back together, your old life. Trying to live it again. Trying to find happiness. Trying to find love. That was such a revelation, Rocky, that the Father loves you. That is the most important lyrics that you could have ever said in your entire life. That the Father loves you. And when you're experiencing whatever you're experiencing, going through whatever you're going through, remember the Father loves you. And in that statement, nothing you go through or experience can destroy you. Nothing can destroy you. Not even this. Not even death. Stop searching for love. You're not going to find love. They don't love you. <laughs> the people you're seeking for them to love you. Whoever they can't that is. love you. They're not capable of loving you. They have to be born again yeah. because then you know why? It's not them that's loving you. It's the Christ that's in them. Mm. That's why you have to have a man, a woman of God. Yes, because it's a setup. Yes, if you think that that man or that woman loves you. Mm. We have to get to, I want everyone to read Deuteronomy 28. That was from Friday night. Yep. Die, get, sit down with your husband, get on. I want y'all, I want your whole family. And read that, everyone, Deuteronomy 28, the entirety of it. Yes. All the way to like 62, 63, I think all the way to 68. But keep reading. Because it's about the blessings that we've all been told and taught on, but we never got to the curse. So you need to talk about both of those, and you need to realize that if you're not walking in obedience. 14 blessings, 53 curses. 14 blessings, but 53 curses. Read these to your children. I told y'all obey. 
Read them to your children. And one thing, the last thing I'm leave you with is this, that we need to stop thinking that uh, certain things our children are too young to hear and no see. We have to get to a place to where we're thinking, well, not at this age. Maybe I'm waiting no longer to tell her or him you about this. I did, I was in my study, there's research done that with the child that's in your womb, how they, they, they already learn how to socialize in mm. the womb. Good gracious. You're thinking because a child is whatever, five or whatever, they can't hear this. They, they're not ready for this. You better be ready for it. That's right. If they're able to socialize, and then even if they have twins, you know, that how, they're how they're communicating in the womb. You know why? Because they're not their body. They are a spirit. And as soon as you learn that, the better off you'll be. Okay? Any questions? Y'all learn something? Yeah. You getting your identity right? Yeah. Just have one identity. Don't have the backup. Just have one. And what I want y'all to remember. I had, my, I had two. Go ahead, Pastor. I'm just saying. I had two. But one was expired. You can still have two, but one of them going to expire. You really need to have one. And then also your DNA also identify you too. It identify your family history of disease. And if you go a little bit deeper in the study, you can actually see the fall of man in the DNA strand. There's the Crick. His name is Crick. He's the one of the guys I think that discovered the actual... Uh, DNA. I got a witness over there. And they were doing the research and they could actually see in the DNA where an event happened. It's in everyone's DNA. That's why we all have been born into. That's why you all have to be born again. Predator. <laughs> so it's so awesome. It's, it's so deep. It's, 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 it's some more stuff. But you got to come on Friday to get this kind of stuff. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go into it. Amen. I'm serious. It's important to get the feedings from every angle. Tuesday night is the most important service. It's intercessory prayer. Y'all go to the site. Y'all get friends. Show them the stuff that's on there. It's free. We ain't selling anything. It's free. So I really need y'all to, if you're going to socialize, I want you to socialize right. Amen. It's some important things. The stuff that we showed on Friday very important that we need. Teachings at Mail, this is part one. Well, last week was part one, this is part two. I think we're going to have what? Part three. Part three. Uh, it's important. Go back, listen to last week. Go back today. Hopefully, it'll be up soon. And uh, it'll be up just like David did. Yeah, go ahead, David. Did awesome job. Get Thank up. you. Awesome job. I got the speaker. So don't just listen. It's an awesome site. Go to it, and the stuff is on there to hear and to look. Your faith is going to grow, and you're going to have more understanding. Amen? Amen. Amen. Begins while you're driving, while you're sleeping. Begins. It's on there.